Hello and welcome to Cloud Insiders, the podcast that brings cloud down to earth, brought to you by Extrovert. Today we are revisiting the exciting world of VMware Cloud on AWS, but this time we're coming at it from the Amazon Web Services point of view. To help us navigate this side of things, we're joined by Chris Porter, Specialist Solutions Architect over at Amazon Web Services. Hi there, Chris. Hi, Stuart. Thanks for having me on. No, thank you very much for coming on. Also joining us, we have extroverter and third-time Cloud Insiders expert guest, Andy Hine. Hello there, Mr. Hine. Hello, Stu. Thanks for having me back. Always welcome, sir. You're always welcome. Um, so if we start off with Chris, how did you find yourself working as a VMware Specialist Solutions Architect over at AWS? Uh, yeah, so I'm a yeah, Specialist Solution Architect at AWS, and I specialize in VMware technology. So that's primarily VMware Cloud on AWS. I've been here at AWS just over seven months, and prior to that, I was working at a bank in central London where I looked after the VMware infrastructure there, and also I deployed their AWS estate. Um, but when this role kind of came up, it looked like a great combination of two technologies I'm, I'm passionate about, so I jumped at the chance of taking it up. Yeah, so it's been, a, it's been a really interesting time learning the AWS side of things, and um, also applying that to VMware technologies that I've used for probably the best part of the last decade. Alongside that, I was working on a project just before I left my previous employer, and I used that project to build a, a VCDX design, which I successfully passed in June of last year after 18 months of work. So I'm VCDX number 281. It's always good to have a VCDX on the line. And Andy, it's great to have you back on. We don't uh, get to have you on here half as much as we'd like. For anyone unfamiliar, could you tell us briefly about yourself and what you do at Extrovert? Sure, thanks, Stuart. Um, so yeah, my name is Andy Hine. I'm a technical pre-sales consultant here at Extrovert. It's a role that I've enjoyed for um, coming up to five years now. So I, I get to work with our customers day to day, scoping out their live projects, which is a, a really cool and varied uh, role. I'm also Extrovert's lead technical pre-sales touchpoint uh, between our business and VMware across all of their products, really, but um, particularly on new and emerging technology. Um, which has led to a lot of recent interest and, and a lot of focus around VMware Cloud on AWS. Beautiful. Um, and Chris, we've not actually had someone specifically from AWS on the podcast before. I can't imagine there's many people out there that are unfamiliar with what AWS do, but um, could you just give us a quick, in a nutshell, rundown of uh, what AWS offers and how someone could get started on their services? Yeah, sure. So here at AWS, we offer um, cloud computing services, and we've been doing that since 2006. We provide those services from 22 regions and 216 points of presence across the globe, and we've announced plans for five new regions. We have millions of active customers every month, and we operate at a huge scale because of that. So uh, there's lots of stats I could select, but one of my favorites is talking about our object storage system, which is S3, and that to date holds trillions of objects, and we regularly see that peak at millions of requests per second. The Amazon S3 is one of the 175 services that we provide across compute, databases, analytics, machine learning, artificial intelligence, IoT, mobile, hybrid, VR, media, application development, and there's probably six other sectors that I haven't mentioned that we, we also have a, a depth and breadth of services for. Uh, to get started with any of those services, it's super simple. You just need to head over to aws.amazon.com and click the big button that says create an AWS account and you're up and running within minutes. That's brilliant. And of course, you mentioned their VMware Cloud on AWS. If you would be so kind, could you just give us a quick rundown on what that is and what AWS services that entails? 
Yeah, so um, VMware Cloud and AWS, we see as the fastest, simplest, and lowest risk method of moving your VMware workloads to the AWS Cloud. It's a jointly developed solution between VMware and AWS, and it's been available since August 2017. It's delivered and supported by VMware and built upon and deeply integrated into some of the AWS technologies that I was just talking about, those 175 services. So it's not integrated into all of those, but it is deeply integrated to some of our core platforms, such as EC2, which is our compute platform, and our networking platform, VPC, amongst others. Um, it can be purchased from VMware, AWS, and from our partners. Uh, digging a little bit deeper, it's made up of VMware's software-defined data center core components, so their SDC, which is vCenter, ESXi, vSAN, and NSX. And because we're running those VMware technologies that you could run in your own data center on top of the AWS cloud, what we see is VMware administrators have a very familiar service that they can leverage compared to what they're already running on-prem, uh, which is outlined by a couple of really interesting kind of capabilities. One of those is hybrid link mode. So you can that allows you to see both your on-premises vCenter alongside the VMware cloud vCenter, so you can manage them through the, the same interface. And then also you can actually do things um, like vMotion things from on-prem into VMware Cloud and AWS. So seamlessly without having to re-IP and no downtime to that VM, that's absolutely an option that we see customers leverage if they do want to avoid downtime for the things they're migrating in or VMs they're migrating. So kind of in summary, you get the best combination of VMware's um, frontline technologies um, combined with the security, reliability, elasticity, and regional capabilities of the AWS Cloud. Brilliant. And there are now many, many organizations enjoying benefits as a result of moving to VMware Cloud on AWS. Andy, how are you seeing people in the real world use VMware Cloud on AWS? Um, yeah, most definitely. So um, we see um, kind of the typical use cases for VMware Cloud on AWS, such as uh, data center evacuation um, and, and cloud migration. Um, as well as data center extension. So uh, that's what Chris touched upon. So customers who are familiar with VMware technology like vSphere and, uh, and vCenter and that kind of thing, which is a large part of the IT community, um, they feel very comfortable that they're going to be using familiar and tried and tested VMware technology in, in their cloud. We've got various customer success stories to share with you, the first of which was for a software development company, and they really incorporated all three of those use cases by building out a, a global infrastructure blueprint. Uh, they created a, a real hybrid cloud by combining brand new on-premise VMware SDDC clusters with new VMware Cloud and AWS SDDC clusters by region. So they had a US and a MIA and an Asia Pacific region. And that was a, a billion dollar company and they've got a desire to, to grow by threefold in the next few years by quite an aggressive merger and acquisition program. Um, so they need a, a consistent and scalable platform to accommodate that growth first and foremost um, as well as providing a, a local migration target for their existing infrastructure which was dispersed over you know some 70 plus global locations so they're they're achieving what they want to achieve with vmware cloud on aws uh, and i believe that is still the, the largest purchase to date of the product from uh, out of EMEA. what that also brought to our attention was another use case for vmware cloud and aws and that's actually a, been a prime driver, a prime use case for another customer that we that we have, and that was around end-user compute. This customer is a retail customer. They're looking to host desktops in the cloud because VMware Cloud and AWS, as we've spoken about, is built on that vSphere and uh, vSAN and NSX platform. 
it's lent itself really, really well to be a good candidate for hosting VMware Horizon. Um, so that kind of suite of digital workspace technology that some may remember as, uh, as VMware View as, as the starting point for that. And the reason that it's a, it's a great candidate for that is it gives pretty much full feature parity to an on-premises version of Horizon 7, which is the latest iteration of that, that, that technology. Um, but you just don't have the management overhead of managing your own private software-defined data center and, and what that entails. So this customer is about to embark on standing up about 2,000 Horizon-based desktops in VMware Cloud and AWS. And because of the nature of their business, they need elastic scale throughout busy periods. So they've got a peak trading period between October and January, so Black Friday and, uh, and Christmas and New Year, etc. Uh, and how VMware Cloud and AWS is helping that is it's got an auto scale feature that allows for hosts to be automatically added during the, the, the busy periods. So I think it's a, a 75 to 80% utilization another host is spun up. And then you can spin that host back down again when that busy period is over. So that's how they're using the, the kind of the core use cases for, for VMware Cloud and AWS. In the context of some of the AWS native services, it's worth mentioning that, that the VMware Cloud and AWS has a high-speed link into Amazon's native services, that, that kind of wealth of 175 services that, that, that Chris mentioned, or certainly a, a, a large subsection of those. And that's something called an Elastic Network Interface, and subject to design, it could be free of ingress and egress charges which is a massive benefit because it allows that close proximity access to native AWS services. It's not only complementing your existing VMware Cloud on AWS solution, but it also allows your business to move more towards uh, an application modernization program, such as replatforming or refactoring your applications to be cloud native. Just some of the, the native services that we've touched on in those examples, um, we were using things like Amazon S3 storage buckets to uh, as a target for our Veeam backups. We were using Amazon Route 53 for load balancing, which is particularly useful for, I mean, the requirement for Horizon. And also Amazon Direct Connect, which is that kind of enterprise-grade networking connectivity into the, uh, into the Amazon Web Services platform. For those of you who are interested, I've, I've just completed a blog about some of those topics, um, and that should be available on our website on expert.com very shortly, just under our resources section. Cool. And are you seeing any particular interest in VMware Cloud on AWS from any particular industry sectors? And did you see any early adopters? So there, there seems to be no limitation on industry sector. So it, it seems to be pretty industry wide at the moment. So the, the first example that I mentioned were a, a publicly listed software development company. The second example, a privately owned retail business. And I was, I was on a call with a customer in the past couple of days in the finance sector. Um, and we've also had conversations with um, with customers, educational customers and, and charities as well. So it's not not really limited to an industry from, from what we're seeing. Um, having said that, the first responders are really technology front runners. So those that are keeping in touch with the kind of the leading edge technology and technology announcements and things like that. Uh, and also existing Amazon Web Services customers. They've got a, an additional route to market through their existing subscriptions and also are, are already familiar with, with Amazon as well. So uh, they seem to be a good, good candidates for early adopters as well. Cool. And this is possibly a good place to reference the fact that, of course, we're in the middle of the COVID-19 health crisis and there's loads and loads of people working from home. Have you seen a lot more additional uptake for disaster recovery and business continuity capabilities within VMware Cloud on AWS? Um, yeah, absolutely. So, in fact, the, the, the last customer that I mentioned um, that, that I, was, I was speaking to just this week was doing exactly that. So, due to the existing situation, their existing on-premise environment, their Horizon and their Visa environment is, is pretty much at capacity with, 
with the amount of their employees that are working remotely or working from home. So that they, they want to rapidly deploy a new Horizon pod out in the cloud as an extension of their environment. Um, and VMware Cloud and AWS is the only offering that supports Horizon Cloud pod architecture. So it's an, it's an ideal landing place as it allows them to build out a new pod, uh, but incorporate that with their existing environment. So it, it performs and it, and it manage, uh, is managed like a, a single global entity. So, uh, and outside of the digital workspace kind of uh, use case, there's also a disaster recovery as a service add-on for VMware Cloud on AWS, which brings into play VMware's site recovery manager to automate and replicate the, the failover of an on-premise VMware environment into VMware Cloud on AWS. And Chris, from the Amazon point of view, are you seeing exactly the same kind of thing? Is this what you're seeing real-world applications as? Yeah, I'd sort of echo Andy's uh, sentiments around seeing the use cases, certainly around uh, VDI. So whether that's Horizon or, or Citrix, um, we're seeing customers filling their production capacity, then filling their DR capacity and having nowhere else to reservice uh, the big increase they've seen in employees working from home. And I, as Andy said, the, the Cloud Pocket architecture support for Horizon means that it's a really straightforward to get your head around how you use uh, VMware Cloud and AWS to augment your on-prem Horizon environment. Um, and then there are some kind of unique capabilities that you can start to leverage with that to, to start to supplement the Horizon deployment with AWS native services. So there is support for the RDS platform, which is Amazon RDS, which is our relational database service management platform for databases. That supports Microsoft SQL, so you can use the Horizon and connection database and deploy that there. So you don't need to stand up a database server as you're trying to get that um, pod online. Um, and we also have support for the ELBs um, in the Horizon environment as well. So you can use that to front your um, global load balancing service for Horizon. So we're seeing customers start to leverage those capabilities and start to realize the benefits of, of a hybrid environment between the VMware cloud stack and uh, AWS native services as well. And bringing it back to our current situation and so much of the country working from home, do you reckon there's a lot of businesses and a lot of employers that will see many of the benefits of home working? Some people I've been talking about have actually seen an, um, an increase in productivity since people have been working from home. Do you reckon this might light a fire under people and there'll be more work from home once this crisis is over? Yeah, I absolutely do. I think this is will see a big shift in people's views of working from home and it's a massive test of those capabilities it's not a pilot or a poc or a few privileged people that get the capability it's huge parts of the workforce for hundreds if not thousands of employers now using this in anger the working from home capabilities and the real great advantage of using this on the aws cloud is you can try it out first as you need to to support this and then maybe uh, scale that back down if you want to return to the ways of working that you were before this or keep some of that capacity maybe not all of it or in fact look to extend that capacity once this crisis is over to support the ways of working that you've evolved while this crisis is happening so big future for remote working. Bringing this all back onto the AWS side of things, AWS has got a vast array of tools and services available. And I read on the uh, on Amazon's VMware Cloud on AWS page, there are actually 165 plus services that are available to VMware Cloud on AWS users. Could you summarize for us and our listeners, you know, the best ways to boost your organization's capabilities by harnessing native AWS services? 
Yeah, sure. Uh, we kind of approach this um, looking at a kind of migrate and then a modernize uh, phases. So the migrate phase, you might leverage some of the technologies that Andy and um, myself, we've kind of talked about in terms of looking at direct connect to give you that real dependable least line type connectivity into the VMware Cloud and AWS. That direct connect capability is an AWS native service and it's fully supported with VMware Cloud and AWS. And you could also look to leverage our services like load balancing services, um, looking at database, relational database services as well to connect in your VMware cloud environment. So we have an example of a private sector bank in India. They migrated their CRM application into VMware cloud and AWS, and they migrated all of their environments, their prod, UAT, their test and dev environments. But because of licensing requirements and the management overhead of their databases, they decided to move the databases to support that application application into our RDS or Amazon RDS managed database platform and then create a hybrid solution between the two. And then once you've kind of got that migrate phase underway and you've started to maybe optimize the applications using things like RDS, there's also some capabilities there around you can use our load balancers to perhaps bring your own IP addresses if you've got some whitelisting. So bring your own IP addresses isn't natively supported with VMware Cloud and AWS, but it is something that we support within the AWS native platform. And so because you get that ENI connectivity that Andy mentioned earlier, connecting the two within the same availability zone to connect to those services, you confront that with that load balancer in the AWS environment to then connect to services that are running on the VMware Cloud and AWS environment. And then we see people leveraged EC2 connectivity as well. So SMP uh, Global Ratings are um, a big customer of ours. They're using VMware Cloud and AWS, um, and they're using then mod starting to modernize applications and start to leverage EC2 to connect to those applications running on VMware Cloud on AWS. And then you can start to look at that kind of modernized phase, whether that be optimization of your procedures and processes using some of our system manager technology to do things like patching, or to look at a kind of longer term view of modernizing your applications where you can start to perhaps build some kind of data lake where you can use our lake formation technology on top of S3. You can use, start to use Amazon Redshift as a data warehousing technology. Start to use that data that you've got in the VMware cloud environment you've now migrated into that environment that perhaps was at the end of a, a VPN connection or a lease line connection to the cloud. So you wouldn't necessarily have wanted to use that data because of the uh, impact it would put on that line of migrating it to AWS. Now you've got that right next to these AWS services. So you can start to use those services to really analyze and look at the data. And then from there, you can then start to use some of our machine learning technologies, such as SageMaker, to really get some real insights and modernize your application. That's absolutely brilliant. And I, I, I was reading on the website that um, you can also integrate Lambda into it. So Amazon serverless technologies. Um, what, what are the kind of applications of that? Yeah, so, um, so Lambda is um, a hugely successful service that, that uh, AWS run, and you can get started really quickly with Lambda with a wide range of languages. Because Lambda sits within and has connectivity to the VPC that you can then connect via that ENI into the VMware Cloud environment, you can start to use it to supplement or even completely rewrite the applications that you were running in the VMware Cloud environment. Or you can simply use it as kind of a, a cron environment to kind of schedule operational tasks that you were having within the VMware environment that you can now start to leverage Lambda to really quickly and simply start writing those scripts that you might have and those, those batch jobs to start writing and using them within, within Lambda. 
So what I'm hearing here is, you know, you've got these two monoliths of technology and the sky is the limit. There is absolutely nothing you can't do in this brilliant pairing. I mean, Andy, you've been hands on with VMware Cloud on AWS for some time now. Do you back up everything that Chris is saying? Have you got any other services that you've been using? So, yeah, yeah, I absolutely back up what Chris is saying there. Whilst VMware Cloud on AWS gives you that real ease of of migration for workloads as is, um, so that we're previously running on-premise on vSphere, it's a a great foot in the door to start leveraging some of the the native services. So we've touched on things like RDS for migrating your databases. Um, We've seen customers interested in Amazon FX for Windows file sharing. It's a much much better method of of moving uh, or hosting large amounts of file data, user data, than using expensive vSAN storage within uh, the VMware Cloud and AWS solution. We have customers using Amazon VPC to host transit gateways for additional things like intrusion protection and web filtering services and that kind of thing. But I think uh, what I see in, in my job as well is that a lot of talk around cloud native applications and that, sh- and that shift which is going to have to happen uh, when companies break away from the, the kind of the monolithical application approach into more microservices. And that's when you can you would start you know picking up more platform services from guys like Amazon. Uh, and once you're in the VMware uh, Cloud and AWS environment, it, it makes it really easy to start doing that. Thank you very much. And Chris, have you got any closing thoughts? I mean, in your experience, what are the biggest questions that you hear consumers asking? Yeah, I, I think in terms of closing, I think you need to, when assessing VMware Cloud and AWS, you need to look at the fact that one of the huge benefits of it is it looks exactly the same as what you're running on-prem and integrates really well with what you've got on-prem. But there are some ideas and, and, and concepts that you need to look at and think of that, that give you some differences. And that, that's not a negative thing. There are some positives. So we've talked around where you might consider actually moving maybe a database platform rather than into VMware Cloud and AWS. Look at, does that make more sense to run in, in an AWS native? Also, simple things like the fact that with VMware Cloud and AWS, we're leveraging the elastic capability of the underlying AWS cloud, which means we can spin up new hosts within 15 minutes. Um, And in fact, I think it's less, I think it's 12 minutes. So that allows you to resize the cluster very quickly, but it's also something that's then leveraged if there's a failure of the hardware or when there's maintenance happening. So the minimum number of hosts you need in a cluster is three nodes, and you don't need to really add another node to have capacity when there's an HA event or a maintenance event, because we'll add that capacity for you automatically. Whereas on-prem, really with vSAN, you'd want to have a minimum of four nodes so that you've always got that HA and maintenance capacity there. So there are some considerations but they're really considerations that give you benefits of leveraging the cloud as well underneath in terms of um just just following up on that that readiness topic a part of my job is obviously taking the customer through that readiness and that design stage and that's that's a real critical point when you're looking at adopting vmware cloud on, on aws so just to understand how you're going to integrate, if you plan to integrate on-premise, how is that going to work? What um, what networking services do you need to use to enable that to happen? Are you going to use things like VMware's hybrid cloud extension to, to, to stretch any of your networks into, into VMware Cloud on AWS? And there's some fundamental kind of design choices that you, that you need to get correct up front. Um, so for example, whether your cluster needs to be stretched or not for higher availability, um, that can't be undone once you once you make a decision uh, without starting again. Um, and, and similarly, uh, the network ranges that you uh, attribute or, or assign to VMware Cloud and AWS, you need to get those right right in advance. 
And on the networking side, we, we see a lot of our customers leveraging the partner ecosystem. So guys like Equinix with their cloud exchange um, product to really accelerate that, uh, that um, networking connectivity into uh, VMware Cloud on AWS. You mentioned networking a few times in there, and I know that VMware Cloud on AWS actually comes with VCF and therefore gets installed with vSAN and NSX. It's currently coming out with NSXT. Does it matter if you have NSXV installed in your current on-prem environment? Yeah, so you, whilst VMware Cloud and AWS sits on top of um, or, or uses NSXT, there's no requirement for you to have NSX on-prem. Um, and if you have NSXV on-prem, then that's supported to be able to migrate workloads into VMware Cloud and AWS. Perfect. And Andy, how do business actually get started on VMware Cloud on AWS? In terms of how you get started, to directly answer the question, then we would love you to talk to, to Extrovert, love you to talk to us. We're a, a top-tier principal VMware partner and have been for, for a long period of time. And again, the, the, you know, the highest accreditation possible. We've got all five of VMware's master services competencies, including one specifically for VMware Cloud on AWS. And, and we've been well accustomed to, to the product since its early days, really. So wherever you really are on, on that journey, we, we can help you. So for example, in my team in pre-sales, we can help you with anything from the initial conversation to you know, getting a handle on your requirements, um, providing you with technical detail and solution overviews and doing some Q&A with you as well as um, sizing and potentially pricing your VMware Cloud and AWS platform. And then in our delivery teams, we've got full lifecycle services around VMware Cloud and AWS. So from that cloud readiness to the application discovery and, and you know, working out what your, what your use cases and your good application candidates are through planning, design, implementation and migration all the way through to kind of manage support once the project is complete, really. So, um, so we can offer you some help in, um, in, in your project, whether it's something prepackaged you're looking for, whether it's a tailored service. Um, we'd, yeah, we'd love you to, to, to contact us, um, which you can do by emailing info at extrovert.com. Uh, that, will, that will start the conversation and make sure you, you'll get through to the correct teams. Um, and if you want to just furnish yourself with a little bit more knowledge before engaging, then um, you can head over to our mini site which is at extrovert.com forward slash VMC hyphen AWS. Thank you very much. So guys, thanks very much. And um, if anyone would like to reach out and talk to you, Chris, from your point of view, if anyone wants to talk to Amazon, where would be the best place they could go to talk to them about VMware Cloud on AWS? Yeah, I mean, the best place we go to is um, aws.amazon.com slash VMware. There's some info there. There's a really good uh, frequently asked questions. And there's also on that page, there's a big contact us button. So hit that and that will uh, come through to us and we'll get reach back out to you and uh, help you out with your inquiries. And if anyone wanted to reach out to you specifically, what's the best way for people to reach out to you? You best way is probably to find me on Twitter. You can find me on at Upright Vinyl. And the first thing you do when you go to that is ask him why the Twitter handle, because it's quite a cool uh, <laughs> story. And Andy, what's the best way for people to reach out to you? Yeah, so to reach out to me directly, I'm also on Twitter. My handle is at AndyHine09. Cool. Thank you very much. And if you'd like to reach out to Cloud Insiders, you can get us on Twitter at Cloud Insiders. For any ideas or questions related to the podcast, you can reach us on team at cloudinsiders.fm. You can get episodes of the podcast where you usually find your podcasts. Uh, we're on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, SoundClouds, iHeartRadio. The list goes on and on and on. We've put every single episode up on YouTube. Just search Cloud Insiders or visit our website, cloudinsiders.fm. 
For more information on Extrovert and their services, you can visit extrovert.com. That's X-T-R-A-V-I-R-T.com or send an email to info at extrovert.com. Gentlemen, thank you so much for your time. It's been genuinely enlightening. And to you at home, thank you so much for listening and we'll catch you next time.